0: Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that will go pretty much anywhere to bring you the most interesting stories from the property world. And today we're going down the pub, not literally, sadly, because you can't have everything. And anyway, we've got some serious questions to answer, like what makes pub chains such an attractive investment at the moment
1: there is definitely a shift back to socialising together. I think younger people are definitely recognising that actually it's just nice to go and gather together in a pub.
0: And apart from me, who's really interested in them? We have seen some very, very
2: talented people buying pubs over these last 10 years. And I suppose that the recession of 2008, 9, and 10 has provided the opportunity for some of those people to come into a marketplace and
0: do extremely well from it. I'm Guy Ruddle, and with me in our no alcohol studio are the cream of Savile's licensed leisure team. They're all directors in the team. Kevin Marsh, hello, welcome to you. Yeah, hello Guy. Sean Tunney, hello. Hello, and morning. Paul, and Paul Breen, welcome Hi, to guys. you. Now, I reckon that uh, between the three of you, you've got something like 77 years' experience in the licensed leisure trade. Is that scary? Yeah, yeah it's know. a lot of time in pubs, going. That's nearly as much time as I've been a customer of the licensed leisure <laughs> trade. Right, so let's get on with this. From the outside, I find this quite a sort of conflicting industry. On the one hand, you've got stories all the time about pubs closing at the rate of one every 12 hours. And on the other side, you've got some massive deals going on, like Green King being bought by CKA in Hong Kong. So what's the truth, the what's it, what's it, Is it a really a, a attractive sector at the moment?
1: Yes, indeed it is. It is. What's happening is that uh, pubs are definitely closing and have been closing. However, we would see that um, it is the smaller pubs that are closing it's the smaller less profitable pubs that are closing um, and the ones that are remaining are really profitable and are great places to go and visit
0: So is it sort of like one man bands which are just badly run basically
1: Effectively yes it's the pubs that no longer are fit for purpose and probably ought to close
0: oh, okay so that's like a sort of weeding out of the of the I hate to be too rude, but weeding out of the dross and leaving leaving the quality is that what's happening? I think it is. I
2: think it's the relevance to today's pub going market as well. And I think that you'll find that some of the pubs have really adapted well to what it is that their their customers want, um, and their customers want something much wider um, than just a grim, smoky atmosphere, um, and, the, and the consequence of that is, is that you have seen pubs diversify into all sorts of things that a traditional pub, as we might have known it, doesn't supply anymore paul is that
0: is most of the activity in this market big deals i mean really big deals of you know like the green king not not like them. I mean obviously that's a massive deal but do you know what i mean well
3: th- th- those are the deals that catch the headlines but there's activity across all areas of the market it's you know we're, we're still seeing good demand in single assets um smaller portfolios have been trading this year but obviously the ones that catch the headlines are deals like uh, like the green king transaction and the proposed um Stonegate acquiring ei uh, group uh, you those are the ones that catch the headlines but we're seeing demand for all all different sorts of uh, smaller packages individual properties um so you know this demand is not just about the big deals it's it's all across the market
0: ei is that what used to be called enterprise ends that's it and that's a big group right huge group
3: right yeah the the, the biggest buy number in in the uk
0: so who wants these chains who wants to buy into these things
2: well i think you you have Two types of um, buyer of them, you either have an investor buyer, uh, so somebody who's making a long-term investment into the sector, perhaps just as a um, a passive investor, and then you have the operator, Um, and so both of those sides of the pub equation have been busy, and so we have seen some very, very talented people buying pubs um, over these last 10 years, and I suppose that the, uh, the recession of 2008, 9, and 10 has provided the opportunity for some of those people to come into a marketplace
0: and do extremely well from it and I I wonder whether we can get into what makes it so attractive what what is it about the sector that if if done well it's such an attractive sector to be in
1: I think it's attractive um in two ways one is you know you look at what's happening with society and there is definitely a shift back to socialising together. The you know there's a a wave of mental health issues as a result of social media and reliance on phones. I think younger people are definitely recognising that actually it's just nice to go and gather together in a pub. And the interest that there is in craft beer, in cocktails, in gins, uh, these are things, experiences that can't be replicated in the home as easily. But that has has coincided with some great investment into um, pubs which hadn't seen any investment for a number of years,
0: and I suppose in a way that investment only comes if people are going there, and if people are going there, what happens next is people say, "Well, we can invest." And that creates people, get, and it's a virtuous circle, is it?
3: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the credit crunch, was was you know, dreadful for the economy, um, but it it was particularly harsh on the pub industry. Pubs were starved of investment, and it doesn't matter how talented you are, um, it's very hard to run a successful pub if the wallpaper's peeling off the wall and the carpet's frayed and the seating's ripped, and and that you know so many of the pub companies they didn't have access to the capital that was required to go out there and invest in their pubs and as a result less people were going to these venues but now we've seen that that strong investment and i think people have realized actually there's some fantastic concepts out there brands um, some great operators and it's making people realize that the the pub is a fun place to go again you
2: do get this spiral um,
3: but you get the spiral up
2: and the uh, and as the market performs better, and so people become interested in it. So more people become interested in it, and, you, and there's plenty of uh, statistics about how well the pub companies have done in comparison to the casual dining sector, for example. And so all of that is a good news story um, that keeps uh, uh, interest in the in that marketplace.
0: Yeah, because it's, it's fought against some headwinds. Now, I was talking to the chairman of a pubs with rooms type chain. And his, the great quote he came up with was, you'll be surprised how many great pub chains there aren't. So what is a good one then? Because we haven't really got into the detail of what makes, you know if you're going to be a, a, a pub chain investor, what makes a really great pub and what makes it a really great investment, which may not be the same thing?
1: I think the uh, what makes a really great pub is A compelling environment to bring you out of the home to gather and offering things that can't be replicated in the home so a a great local can be inviting to the the really local population young and old uh, a great big managed house which is uh, providing a, a good restaurant menu or near restaurant menu needs to provide good food with good service um and a, a good late night venue needs to be you know offering all the things that people want when they go out and socialize late at night.
3: I think you can't understate the importance of staff though and and whether that 's a locals pub or a very big large managed operation with a with a restaurant um, it 's about attracting the best staff and unless the pubs are well invested you 're never going to actually attract. The, the, the best quality staff. And, and, and then you get that downward spiral. So, so for, for me, it doesn't matter how well presented the pub is, if the staff aren't doing their jobs properly, they're not going to keep the repeat business coming back. Um, but you get the best staff by uh, investing in the pubs and, and making them nice places to work in.
2: As I think, that, I think those, those good pub companies that you referred to have invested heavily in training. Um, and th- and so those pub companies for all of the reasons that paul said that have invested
0: in their staff are the ones that do but much better and uh, uh, on that investment side it, it, for bigger chains is replicability which i'm not sure is a word but we'll go with it is that important i think one of the things that you find about the successful pubs are
2: that their branding as such is not as heavy as there is in the casual dining market which gives them much more opportunity to be fleet of foot in their marketplace. Um, and so um, whilst I think that it is tr- true to say that there are um, replication of models, the, uh, where I think that they have worked well is where perhaps it's not so obvious to the customer. Um, and so the replication is about quality, is about training, is about product um, and less about the branding that the customer sees.
1: I think that's, uh, that's evident, isn't it, with the restaurant group. So you talk about the branded restaurant market. Um, so the same company which operates uh, Frankie and Benny's and Chiquitos also operates a very, very successful pub company. Um, their pubs trade phenomenally well. They're, they're brilliant pubs. Um, you wouldn't necessarily know that they were branded.
0: We've talked a lot then about owning pubs to run them as a business. We haven't talked yet much about owning pubs as, just as an investment. Uh, I'm just going to sort of lob this grenade into the middle of this conversation. How much investment into the licensed leisure trade is there, which is pretty much a property play? In other words, they're not that interested in running pubs or even owning breweries or whatever it is. But there's a lot of property. Some of it may stay as pubs. Some of it may, may might be turned into, I don't know, bowling alleys or I don't know why I said bowling alleys, but poor gone. <laughs> yeah.
3: I think if you look, I mean, there's been huge interest in the uh, pub investment sector, which, you know, 25 years ago wasn't even around. And now it, it, it is an established almost mainstream asset class. But I think, um, you know, I don't think people are looking at pubs necessarily because of they might be great for conversion to convenience store or for residential redevelopment. I think times have moved on slightly. And, and the investors that we're talking to and, and, and certainly seeing taking a, a strong interest in the sector, they're interested in pubs for continued use as pubs. And I think that's fantastic that they're seeing that these are businesses that have been around for, you know, hundreds of years in certain instances. And, and they're buying them thinking that these, are, these properties are going to stay as pubs um, and when you know th- there's there's huge interest in long income at the moment so you know we're not seeing long leases in other mainstream asset classes but we are seeing that still in the, in the pub industry you know you'll get 25 year 35 year leases we've got good established covenants that have been around for a long period of time and operators aren't scared of signing up to leases with indexation so RPI or CPI link reviews um, are often available particularly if you look at say a, a sale and leaseback structure which which Investors find attractive because they can tend to be bought in bulk, um, and and the operators still own a lot of their freeholds. So there's a lot more opportunity for this type of structure than you'll see in other sectors.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with what Paul is saying, but I think that the um, in addition to that, you say that, the, um, that almost all investors in our pub sector. Um, are interested in the performance of the pub, so they are interest inherently interested in that marketplace because one of the peculiarities of the, of the pubs is that the success of your investment, even if you're a passive investor, is reliant upon the success of the inherent business that's within it. Sure. Uh, and so I think that the uh, even those investors that have come out uh, come into our sector um, that have not got a track record in the pub industry are still keen to see that those tenants
0: are doing well or those occupiers are doing well. Just one quick thought on who's investing. A lot of foreign investment. It- in, into these situations. Do, do, do overseas investors see something that some of our domestic investors don't?
1: No, I think our domestic the domestic investors definitely are attracted to the pub sector, no doubt. Overseas investment is coming into um, the UK for all sorts of reasons to do with the exchange rate, uh, the uh, goodbye that they can get as a result of that. But actually, they are interested in freehold assets in the UK and pubs are delivering great great returns on freehold assets in the UK.
3: There are so few operating companies in any industry where those businesses own their freeholds and there's still a huge number of pub companies that still own all of their pubs, which does make them such an attractive sort of investment proposition.
0: I think we've been talking for about 15, just over 15 minutes, I think we might have just hit the nail on the head that it's all about owning the freeholds, right? In the end. It's
1: freehold backed operational real estate and that's why they're interested in the sector. Yeah.
0: And it's going to carry on, do we think?
2: I think that all of the indices will tell you that the performance of the pubs has been very good. Um, all the time that the performance of the pub business is a very good one, would imagine that you're going to see lots
0: of interest in the sector. Now, you can't come swanning into the Real Estate insight studio Without having to pay the price of a Savile standout statistic. Have you been warned about the Savile standout statistic?
1: We have indeed. (laughs) Uh,
0: So, uh, just to remind everybody, it's just a little nugget, something that makes people go, oh, that's interesting, that they perhaps hadn't thought of or whatever. Who wants to go first with their. Everyone's looking at you, Paul. I don't know why, but (laughs) (laughs) God, what's your Savile standout statistic?
3: One of the things that we're always asked about when we meet with investors who are interested in the sector is, you know, Pub closures, so we we have gone from circa fifty thousand pubs ten years ago to forty thousand pubs ten years ago, which in, in itself is a, 10,
0: you mean forty thousand pubs now,
3: sorry, forty thousand pubs now yeah um, which is quite a startling kind of statistic. But if you look at uh, during that period of time, how many people are employed by, um, the, by pubs in the UK uh, or actually working in pubs themselves, um, that's gone from uh, 424,000 to 448,000. So we've actually seen employment in pubs in the UK uh, increase, which I think shows you how pubs have changed um, and how they're now much bigger uh, all-round businesses. You see, that's what we like, we like a nice positive standout statistic. Sean, go on. We
1: can bring you positive standouts. That's in the pub sector. So um, we mentioned about changing um, consumer preferences, and one of the things that's drawing people to the pubs is is things that can't be replicated at home. Cocktails, in particular. Um, The number one cocktail is a porn star martini. And gin sales have increased in value single,
0: single thing to by, say that appropriately that gone. <laughs> by
1: 56% in value in the last year. So gin up 56% in value in pubs in the last year.
2: That's amazing. I'm loving this. Finally, just keep an eye out for ground rent, sale and leasebacks in our sector. Four years ago, they didn't exist. And, the, uh, and now these are new f- f- uh, pension fund type assets. Um, that are being created with much lower levels of rent and therefore much greater affordability for the pub companies.
0: Excellent. Down to the pub? Go and get a drink? Absolutely. Good stuff. Thank you all very, very much for your time. That was, uh, that's been absolutely Fascinating. I have loved it. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. If all that's done is whet your appetite for, well, not beer or gin and anything, but for more information about this, the team, for instance, the licensed leisure team, you can find out more about all of them on the Savills website. You can go to the research section and read out all sorts of other topics and research. Savills.co.uk slash research is the address for that. And if you aren't already a subscriber to Real Estate Insights, then please feel free to become one using your usual podcast provider. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Cheers and see you next time.
1: This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savils accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savils makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast.